Nintendo's philosophy is never to go the easy path, it's always to challenge ourselves and try to do something new. Welcome to another episode of Wonder Soul, a podcast. You are listening to episode 45, Game Boy. So put in your cartridge and press start to begin, enjoy. They said it wasn't humanly possible. All the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Game Boy comes complete with batteries and the outrageous new game Tetris. And for head-to-head competition, use Video Link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. This is Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Bearded Buddha. This is episode number 45, Game Boy. Before we get started with today's episode, this is just a friendly reminder to go follow and support the Instagram and Twitter accounts of Wonder Soul. We do have a Wonder Gaming Twitter account, which is now wonder streams and wonder streams is now their rebrand of the twitch channel so for the next couple weeks i can't change the name so it's still going to be technically wonder gaming but um what we're going to do with wonder streams uh i wanted to take that channel into a different direction it's still going to have some gaming on there obviously and um but really what i would like to try out is a weekly live podcast show which would be at this moment every Wednesday night about 8 p.m. Central and uh, hopefully going to have some more guests on. We're going to talk about, you know, really just a lot of things that are going on uh, weekly. It's not really a new show, but we're just going to let it kind of evolve on its own. And I want to bring other people on and have those kind of conversations. And it's going to be something really cool to try out, do some visual um, you know, broadcasting, uh, some live interaction with you, the chat, the listeners, the viewers, and, um, and, and Hey, look, if you got to work or if you miss, uh, the live broadcast, those episodes, uh, which are going to only be about an hour long are going to go up on YouTube. So if you go and subscribe to the wonder soul YouTube channel, you're going to get gameplay. You're going to get the wonder streams, uh, episodes every week. And you're also going to definitely be getting these wonder soul podcast episodes. So if you would like to, 
please support all of those the twitch youtube twitter instagram and that is one of the best best ways to stay up to date and to support this podcast so with all that being said uh that's uh, going to be it for the news before we get into today's episode and uh, more details will be coming out soon and yeah let's just go ahead and get started with today's episode let's uh let's start this episode with a question that question being what is the first console that you remember owning first uh what was the first console that you remember putting hours hours into usually whatever that answer is is going to probably be the console that got you into gaming um maybe you went to a friend's house and played their uh nintendo or sega or xbox or playstation who knows um and then you got into it that way and then you finally got your own who knows but usually what happens is it's always that first system now for me i want to say that i've had uh i pretty much have had every system that's came out at one point uh do i have those anymore no thank you and no thank you gamestop (laughs) hustling me throughout the years um but one of my fondest memories of playing games when i was younger didn't really come from the super nintendo playing mario didn't come from the sega playing sonic um xbox and playstation that was like when i was a little bit older so i'd already played video games so it wasn't anything like halo or metal gear solid or anything like that for me it was the game boy and it wasn't the original game boy let me make that clear the original game boy came out in 1989 i was born in 1990 so that was like a year before i was even on this earth existing so couldn't really play but come around the late 90s i think it was 98 i think it was 98 or 97 okay 98 game boy color came out one of my first game boys was a lime green game boy color and i played the shit out of that i played it so so much I remember that was about the time that Pokemon blew up and I was just at that perfect age like so about 98 I'm about 8, 9, 10 years old and I remember getting my first Pokemon game was Pokemon uh, Red, it was just Red, Red version Um, and I fell in love. This is before walkthroughs, this is before so many other things that are easily at our fingertips today i went through that game blind (laughs) i did not know like what i was missing out on any cheats any tips or tricks i mean it was only really word of mouth like what i would talk about with my friends because i mean most of my friends had a game boy they had pokemon whether it was red or blue whether it was yellow even and i did get yellow and for those who do not know much about that yellow version is basically the same as red and blue but it was with uh pikachu yeah pikachu is your starter but i played so much on my game boy color and i don't know if it was because i was a kid and i was able to like take it with me you know and just play it wherever i was so it was really easy to just be a kid and your family's got things going on they're like hey come on jump in the car we gotta go here i just didn't put up much of a fight because it was like all right 
in my head. Let me grab my Game Boy. All right, I can still play video games, and I guess this won't be so bad. And, uh, you know, the Game Boy Color was just a freaking awesome console because it wasn't like the graphics weren't crazy or anything like that but it was in color like if you don't know the the original game boy it, it was like this lime weird green background with just black pixels it was like an 8-bit console so but it was just the fact that you were playing like nintendo games handheld on the go which if you think about it look at what the switch is today it's like a hybrid of being a at home on your TV console and one that you can just pack up, throw in your backpack and, and play it on the go, which is super cool. Um, but I don't know if it was just like the Pokemon craze or whatever. There are so many other games that I ended up playing. Um, but like the Game Boy series was just fantastic. It was just this first um, step in like mobile gaming, if you really think about it. Um, today a lot of people probably play mobile games on your tablets, on your cell phones, your smartphones, and um, that was like dedicated hardware and software for some really, really cool games. I mean, Pokemon was a, a game to me when I was that young that was just so big and massive. It was like this RPG, you got to name and customize stuff, you actually got to put your name into the game which was really cool to me. I think that was like the first experience with that. Most of the time you would play a game and you would just pick a character and you play it as that character. And uh, this whole ability to like put yourself into the game was really, really cool. And as a kid, that really, really like attracted me to like, oh, I feel like I'm actually in this world and that that character on screen is me. And I just played so many hours obsessed stayed up late at night i went through so many double a batteries it was not even funny i mean think about that today i have a few things like my my wireless mouse for instance uh that takes one double a battery lately i've had such a hard time trying to find double a batteries because most uh electronics that i own and uh in the house are uh rechargeable you know, you just plug it up to the wall. You don't go buy AA batteries or AAA batteries uh, anymore as much as it used to be. It used to be that so many things, if not everything, require batteries from your remote to like different toys maybe if you were, you know, young. That if something died, you could just pull from something and then just put it in, you know, your Game Boy. Uh, and like the thing about the Game Boy, I remember it was like they didn't have a backlit screen until the Game Boy SP, which came out around 2003. So like a little ways up, you know. Um, it, so you always had to play with like a light on. They used to have these little attachments that you would put on the top and it was like this swirly like little book light, but you put it over your Game Boy and I had one for my Game Boy Color. So like I could lay in bed at night when I was supposed to be asleep and getting ready for school and I would just play Pokemon. And I mean, I played some other games, but I mean, it really was, that was my main go-to. Now, obviously once the Game Boy Advance came out, which was around 2001, I was about 11 years old. And that's when I got even more playtime out of it. I went from playing Pokemon to, I think I tried out Metroid Fusion is a game I got one Christmas, I remember. Uh, what else did I play? Oh, definitely. My friend Grant uh, and I, we played 
Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku. I mentioned that on the Studio MacGyver episode, but I forget that, wow, that was on the Game Boy Advance. I was playing probably more handheld Game Boy games and getting into them than I think at that time I'm, I must have had an N64. Because I remember, I remember one Christmas I got a PlayStation 1. Uh, and this might, <laughs> this might divide people, but I didn't want it. I wanted an N64. I had become a Nintendo fanboy at a young age. I'm not anymore. Um, but I was really attracted to the, the, like, there were so many games on Nintendo systems that I wanted to play and you could only play on Nintendo. And to me at my age at that time in my life, I mean, PlayStation seemed like it was just like more for like a teenage or older demographic and uh, so I kind of missed out on a lot of PlayStation 1 even up to PlayStation 2 because I kind of took the uh, pathless uh, traveled on and I got a GameCube but we'll get into that some other episode but for this one I really want to focus on handhelds and Game Boy and that whole family of uh, consoles because it was just really cool I, I just remember the whole aspect of being able to game on the go was uh, a very smart idea from Nintendo and it felt like they were the only ones in the market at that moment this is before everybody has a cell phone in their pocket um, you know as we get closer uh, into the later uh, the years of like the early 2000s obviously you know cell phones started popping up you were able to play like snake on there and some other stuff but it wasn't anything as deep as like uh, what you would find yourself playing like uh on a super nintendo it started getting to that level especially with the game boy advance now the game boy advance i had this like purplish see-through game boy advance that i played so much of i mean the one thing that i liked about it was the fact that yeah the graphics were better but you know that backlight thing was always something that pissed me off <laughs> because you always had to like tilt it in the sunlight a certain way so you could see everything on the screen and if you're in the dark you're you're gonna need an attachment um maybe they were just so worried about battery life and having a light on there would probably drain it because when they did come out with the game boy s uh, game boy advance sp it did have a backlight it was like that foldable clamshell you know model that later probably was um the base to like what the ds ended up looking like because that was you know foldable and a lot of you know we had flip uh flip phones and that was like a big thing so maybe it was like a combination of all these things going on but the sp had a backlight and i did have a sp um really just because of the light i think that um oh wait okay hold on so I'm looking at this article. In April of 1998, a variant of the Game Boy Pocket named Game Boy Light was exclusively released in Japan. The differences between them, um, oh, never mind, never mind. It was basically I thought it was going to say that it had a uh, different colors. Um, six months later, it was the only Game Boy Color to have a backlit. Oh wow, no, I'm right. Okay, the Game Boy Light was uh, superseded by the Game Boy Color six months later and was the only Game Boy to have a backlit screen until the release of the Game Boy Advance SP in 2005. Wow, so in Japan they had like their own uh, backlit Game Boy. Damn it. See, that's the funny thing about when things would come out over overseas. 
you know here in america you would you would have to wait there would be like this kind of delay but yeah um game boy color came out in 1998 wow it's just so crazy to think about the 90s and and you can definitely i looked at some commercials before recording this uh episode and you might hear some in the uh, beginning of this episode but it was definitely heavily influenced from the uh the 90s and the 80s like you can you can just tell like the, the way the marketing was for these uh consoles but i mean really if you think about it i know that handheld gaming just doesn't seem like that impressive nowadays because wow i mean you can play games like fortnite and uh there's certain systems or not systems but tablets and phones that are like really strong and powerful uh hardware that can really run a lot of these like 3d really impressive graphic games on your on your mobile and you can download mobile games free games and stuff like just by uh, the touch of a screen and that was another thing these game boys didn't have touchscreen until the ds and then the ds had like a weird setup where it was like the top screen was just a regular screen the bottom screen was touchscreen uh the ds is its own thing i don't know i had it, that was about the time that i was kind of getting away from handhelds and i think i was playing more um uh, just different systems and i didn't really find the need for a handheld system because i think i had just gotten a cell phone so i didn't want to be carrying all these different gadgets but i mean look at people today you have your laptop you have your tablet you have your your smartphone and then who knows you might even have a switch <laughs> or uh 3ds so you know everybody's always carrying some gadgets on them and um i don't know i, I just didn't really see like the ds was impressive because to me it felt like it was like uh, n64 quality type graphics for a uh, handheld and everything before that like the game boy advance and even the color was more of like the regular nes and then the super nintendo which was still pretty cool like i always felt that handheld was always going to be like a step behind and it still is uh than uh what you would find on a home console of some sort but the nes i didn't really play a lot of i mean i played mario and stuff like that but my earliest memories with gaming was um the super nintendo and then even some sega my uncle had a sega and i would try that out um but i think that's why i got pulled into like really wanting to play something like the game boy and play it on the go and you know like i mentioned pokemon was blowing up i mean everybody had a game boy you're a kid and you look around everybody's got uh something you feel left out <laughs> and uh it was just this like awesome this awesome wave of seeing wow look at all the people play video games and this is not like anything else um you know you're able to just like load it up with you and just go on vacation go go on all these different trips or just go out when you had to go out into town with family and stuff and it was just really cool and um let me get on to what i was looking up okay so the game boy Advance, yeah i love the game boy Advance. i thought it was a dope dope upgrade to the game boy color and the fact that you could actually play game boy color games on the game boy advance was really cool because you had this backwards uh capability that i think a lot of us got very used to 
and how it's 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 actually kind of different nowadays because backwards uh, um, capabilities my bad are more of like a digital market like I feel like maybe some of these companies they kind of hold their old library for ransom and we'll get into kind of the reasons why uh, here in a minute but you know it was just cool that you could make a make a, a library of Game Boy Color games right and you didn't have to get rid of them or you didn't have to choose one or the other your Game Boy Advance played both of them and there was just so many awesome titles that came from like the the Super Nintendo like Super Mario World Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past uh, Donkey Kong Country you know Mario Kart Super Circuit um, well no the Super Circuit didn't come from the NES or the Super Nintendo but it did uh, come from like a game like Mario Kart which who doesn't like Mario Kart and you also had F-Zero Wario, Wario Land and, and Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga were some fun fun games uh, you had like an RPG vibe um, and then Wario Land was just fun you had all these different uh, like mini games and stuff so it was crazy and then you had like game sharks and stuff so that was really cool if you really wanted to like get some cheats or unlock different stuff in these games you would get this game pack and i think you would like load up another cartridge in the game pack and it was just like this really hefty setup if you look back you'll see like whenever consoles wanted to add attachments they were always these really bulky uh almost unnecessary looking things that really did just really limited things maybe very specific things so it, i never really got too much into that but um oh see i'm reading this article and it says a widely criticized uh drawback at the game boy advance is that the screen is not backlit making viewing difficult in some uh some conditions and see that was the thing it was just like wow maybe they're just holding out because they figure that if their systems run on double a batteries then those um those batteries are gonna drain hella quick and so they were probably waiting until they got the hardware and the batteries that would support uh uh having a lit screen now that's when we get into like the game boy advanced sp which i i enjoyed it was kind of funny and weird looking at it now because uh, <laughs> your cartridges went in the bottom you did have the option for a backlit, which was cool. I'm glad it was an option because they had like a little button up there near the near the screen and you can turn it on and off. But that would help you in certain situations where you could save on battery life. Um, but that clamshell design, I, I, I like that because you protected the screen with anything. Like when you had uh, just a regular phone um, before it was flip phones and stuff like that, even today with your probably your iPhone or your Android, you unless you have like cases and stuff on it your screen is fully exposed and i don't know why they don't find a cool design that would um make sense and that would protect your screens without having to buy all these dumb ex like accessories because why make a phone thinner if you got to go buy an otter box and then you got to buy this and you got to buy that then your phone is just it doesn't matter what the cosmetics look like we're just getting hardware at this point and we're covering it up with like protection because you may like drop it and break your screen right well that was kind of like the same uh case when it came to your game boy advance 
um, in color and just a regular Game Boy. They're, your screen was exposed. I mean, if you slid it uh, in your pocket or slid it in your backpack or something and it scraped up against something, you scratch your screen and nobody, I'm telling you, nobody. And if you don't have experience with this, I'm sure you have with your uh, smartphone, nobody likes cracking or scratching their screen because even if the screen still works, how annoying is it to just try to block that out and try to like look at your screen and, and, and completely ignore that there's like this little scratch and it just so happens to be where this you know part of your screen where you like are always looking and you can't ignore it i just ah, it would drive me crazy um so I, I was like wow the clamshell design was really smart because on one hand you have a design that's going to allow you to fold it up protect the screen and it also makes it almost smaller where it's almost like you can just kind of fold it up and put it away and having the front light was just really really cool but that all came from having a rechargeable battery for the first time and and, and a lot of people like that article was saying people were getting tired of having to like buy like uh, book light accessories or like find places where there was hella light i remember playing so many times uh my game boy advance and and my game boy color and sitting on like a in a chair but like putting leaning over underneath a lamp or something just so i could see everything clearly <laughs> and that that after a while gets uncomfortable so you know i was a little i was a little ready for you know some backlit screens and stuff um but you know hey it is what it is they finally got it they finally got it down but it kind of shows like how sometimes things evolve because now we take backlit screens and uh, rechargeable batteries and headphone jacks so many different things for granted because our phones have all those things now and to think that well your phone can play games and it can also like surf the web and you know contact and send texts and phone calls so it can do so many things these were dedicated devices to just playing games and i think like that's almost a thing that's dying out because even like the nintendo ds's and stuff um and if you want to consider the nintendo switch a handheld because that's it is it's a handheld hybrid it can do more than play games so like that era of buying a system that's a handheld just to play games is over um but you know i thought that the sp that was the last one i got no, I'm lying to you. I mean, that was the last Game Boy, the official Game Boy. Because I had to ask people around, do you consider like the DS like quote-unquote Game Boys or that's its own family of games? And a lot of people said like, yeah, that's its own thing really. But, you know, uh, I, I just, it was so cool to kind of watch things evolve to play a Game Boy and then get color then we had like better graphics and then it was better graphics and then you had a, a you could see the screen <laughs> and i was like wow that's awesome and then you know after the sp they came out with the game boy micro which to me was kind of a, a bust uh it was just like a smaller like a smaller version of like the game boy advance and stuff and it to me just felt unnecessary you know but I'm like that kind of person that whenever uh, Apple or um, Samsung or anybody announces like, oh, the next uh, next phone is going to be like paper thin. It's like, who's asking for that? <laughs> like, who's 
What's, are you just trying to like flex on us and make sure that you know that we know that you could do it? And yeah, we have all this, all this power in these phones, but look how thin it is. It's like TVs. It's like, I don't really care if it's a huge box or if it's a flat screen, as long as the like the screen quality is hella good, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not selling me on that anyways. That's just me. But, um, so yeah, the micro came out. I didn't buy it. I, I mean, I remember seeing it in the stores and stuff, but you know, after, after the SP, I was, I was good. I, I think I had a blue SP. I can't remember now, which sounds bad, but, um, you know, I had so many fond memories playing games on the Game Boy, you know, and it was almost like a way to stay with Nintendo, even if your home console was like a PlayStation or an Xbox. Um, because I can't remember when Xbox, uh, came out. Um, but you know, I know that the SP was out around the times that some other consoles were out. So, you know, it was like a good way to go. Well, I'll still get my, um, my, my Nintendo fix, but I won't have to, um, <laughs> won't have to sacrifice or commit completely to this system because it became separate. You had a handheld system and then you had your actual home console. And you know, it's crazy. Like Tetris was a big game back on the original Game Boy. Uh, definitely Pokemon Red and Blue. I think it's saying that it sold like around 23.64 million copies, which is crazy. And uh, then uh, I think once we got to the advance, uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver, or no, it was Pokemon Gold and Silver on the color. Yes, I played Gold. I don't know. Uh, it was always funny to like talk to your friends and go, "Well, I got Gold, you got to get Silver," or "I got Blue, you got to get Red." And it was always like, "We can't have the same one, even though technically they're the same one." Um, yeah, there's d slight differences, like certain things you can only get. But um, you know, in every with every every system, it be it basically became a Pokemon machine. I think that's why you can't talk about Game Boy without talking about Pokemon because these Pokemon games, these RPGs were not on any other consoles. Like, yeah, the N64 had some Pokemon games, the GameCube, they all had their fair share, but they weren't the Pokemon games that a lot of us grew up and loved where you could go on these adventures, capture Pokemon battle and train and 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 feel like you're part of that story that so many kids in my generation grew up wanting to be like an ash ketchum and stuff and it was it was just really cool because you know i felt like nintendo could have easily just said wow these games are so successful on game boy i mean we'll still pump some out to them but you know we need to bring some of these to uh some other uh, to our actual main consoles which would have been the um, the 64. Well, they did Pokemon Stadium, but it wasn't like the same, right? And then the GameCube and stuff like that. Um, I'm just reading here where like with the two AA batteries in your Game Boy Color with like the no backlight, the battery life was supposed to be about 30 hours. That's pretty impressive, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. And I, I think that there were certain versions of the Game Boy that took AAA batteries, which is crazy. Like. I, I, it's funny because I don't know if people even think about AA batteries, AAA batteries, like uh, a lot of us did who grew up in those times where like that was like the life source <laughs> to so many things. I mean, I know that even some um, 
controllers, uh, not controllers, but remotes to like your TV and stuff are probably rechargeable batteries. Um, or you're doing stuff off your phone like Chromecast and casting things and maybe you have a smart TV. You know, there's so many different things now that kind of eliminated uh, certain uh, technology. But um, what else did I want to talk about when it came to Game Boy? Oh, do you guys remember link cables? You know, remember battling and trading Pokemon? Or just, there's other things that you could do with link cables, but, you know, it's so easy to do things like, um, you know, over Wi-Fi or, or you know, uh, without having to physically connect things. You know, imagine if you wanted to send a text to me, but you had to hook a cable <laughs> from your phone to my phone, then press send, and then, you know, it's going through the cable and it reaches your phone. You know, we do, we send messages and we send so many things uh, digitally uh, on the internet, like in an instance, like through miles and miles and miles of space between us. And that's really crazy. I guess like I just feel almost lucky to have grown up when I did because, you know, it was at the cusp of like this digital and technology revolution that we had you know especially with stuff like gaming obviously but you see it in so many other things i mean especially if you look at tvs and you look at uh laptops and tablets and you know computers especially it's just crazy to kind of see like i remember what it was and i've been able to grow up and see it evolve and almost grow up with me because it was funny you know in 1998 the Game Boy Color, I'm eight years old. Eight year olds now have full access to iPhone eights and tablets and all these different things that what a crazy world it's gonna be for them when they're older. Like they're gonna look at the technology we have today and think like that's like dinosaur shit compared to like what is in like 2030 something or something. You know, it's, it's kind of weird if you if you look at it like that, right? Um, so handhelds. So it's just different. It's going to be different. You know, you're just not going to have that Game Boy experience, I don't think. Uh, because even if you play a Game Boy-like game on your phone, right? Or on your tablet. Or like what I mean by that is like a game that's like really deep. Uh, or um, it's just not one of those cheap, free-to-play you know, really at its surface and that's about as deep as it gets kind of game, you know, you're going to get distracted. You're going to have all these other things trying to get your attention from notifications through social media, people calling you, people texting you, you know, you're, you're constantly going to be interrupted when you're playing those games on that quote unquote handheld. Um, so to have something specifically dedicated to uh, just playing games is 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 going to be something that I don't think people are many people are going to experience like a lot of us did back in the 90s and in the early 2000s. Um, you know, I know that kids still play the 3DS. And I know that most of them are pretty much just for playing games. I know that they have other features and stuff like that, but I don't know if it's ever really going to be the same because it was literally you either had a game or you didn't. Uh, you either had batteries or you didn't. So. <laughs> You know, there's nothing you can do with a Game Boy Color without a game cartridge inside of it. And that's another thing. There's the the um, extinction of 
game cartridges, you know, like I blowing on your uh, N64 game cartridges or your uh, Super Nintendo stuff, you know, the we had the cartridges for um, Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which were pretty much, I think they looked the same. I think the Game Boy Color started adding quote unquote colors to their cartridges. And then the Game Boy Advance got like smaller. They got like half the size. Um, so it was always weird when you did play something on the Game Boy Advance that was a Game Boy Color game. Because uh, it just kind of stuck out on the top. And that really was like, ugh, that's ugly. Because Game Boy Advance, you put a, a game that's a Game Boy Advance game in one of those. It just was smooth. It just fit. Everything was just like, ah, that looks nice. And it played nice. And um, so... You know, I don't know what the future of handhelds is going to be. Uh, I joked around with an idea. I was like, man, Nintendo's doing all these um, classic systems, right? So they're doing what? Uh, they've done the Nintendo, the original NES classic. They've done the Super Nintendo classic. And um, I was like, I know that they're going to do N64 classic. And they're probably just going to go through the whole library. But they need to do their handhelds as well. Like I, I feel like that would be an awesome, awesome thing to do is to have like a classic system that's preloaded with hits like Pokemon. You got to. You can't make a system like that and not put Pokemon on there. They will sell like crazy. I'm telling you. And 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 just have it like have the hardware in there where maybe on the outside the shell looks like a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Advance, whatever. But inside, ooh, it's nice. Maybe even add different features, like maybe add a touch screen. You know, who knows? Or maybe not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just don't add double A's in there. Let's just have it rechargeable. You know, just a word of advice. But I was like, you know, that's gonna be really cool. I hope they do that sooner than later. I don't know. I feel like Nintendo just like sits on this uh, vault of uh, all this stuff and nostalgia that people just are like, oh man, I grew up playing Nintendo Kids. Look, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I dipped and dabbled with Sony. I still do. I mean, I have a PS4. I dipped and dabbled with Sega. Um, you know, all these other consoles over the years. I, I've, I've tried them all. I mean, I even at one point had a PSP, a PlayStation Portable. Um, <laughs> so, like, I'm, but. My thing is, is like Nintendo always seems to be the thing that catches you when you're young. And then it just is like your introduction to games. And so like as you get older, as much as you enjoy playing the games that we have today and the graphics and everything like that, there's something that's just like about that first time playing and the games that you played back then. Because if you're listening to this and you play games and you're an adult... You understand that it's not like it used to be. You can't just like spend your weekends playing games. Uh, you got responsibilities. You got things that you got to do. So you got to balance stuff a little bit more. So I think they, there's something about remember the times where I just had nothing else to worry about except for playing games. You know, and how we wish we kind of could go back to those times some days. Uh, but you know, I always like I really after making this episode, I'll be really looking into ah, i wonder how much game boy advances are even an sp or something or a game boy color because i would just like to have one just to have and, and pull it out every now and then and maybe have a pokemon game in there that i just work on over time and um speaking of that i am streaming on the wonder streams channel on twitch which is technically right now as i record this still wonder underscore gaming 
Um, just not, I don't want to confuse anybody, um, but I'm streaming Leaf Green, which is the updated versions of like Pokemon Red and Blue, and I'm having a blast, and it's just so much fun, because, yeah, there's nostalgia, there's always going to be nostalgia, look at Hollywood, look at everything, everything is really tapping into like, well, how old are the people from the 90s now? Huh, they must have jobs and money, <laughs> let's, uh, what did they like growing up? You know, for example, we got this Detective Pikachu movie. Uh, is it kind of coincidental that Pokemon's been so big for so long, but now they're kind of waiting until that all the people who got into it back in the 90s are older now? You got to think about those things. You know, why are things coming out at certain times? I mean, it's to tap into nostalgia. There was the 80s craze that's still sort of going on, you know? Well, why? Because all the people in the eight, from the 80s that grew up in there... Uh, are older now and a lot of those people are making stuff now as well so you gotta also look at it like that but you know in the last handful of years i've really realized that there's been this rise of retro gaming which is like a term that is weird to say because ah, retro gaming to me would be something that was before my time which there's a couple things like the uh, the atari um and some other systems for sure um you know i didn't grow up and go to arcades or anything i know that like my mother did and you know different people before me um experienced games at a whole different level um but i would consider i personally consider that retro gaming well now uh, now in 2018 a lot of the things that i grew up playing and maybe you did is now quote unquote retro gaming that's why the nintendo super nintendo uh, things like the PlayStation 1 now and the Xbox One and GameCube, stuff like that that really doesn't seem so far away from today is now retro gaming. But how there's like this rise of uh, people are like really wanting to uh, experience those games, those uh, consoles, those controllers, like all the feels, the looks and sounds of like retro games. And it's kind of like with me in the Game Boy Advance lately. Now, you know, streaming uh, Leaf Green just makes me go like, oh, well, I am playing the game, but man, I almost wish that I was holding a Game Boy Advance in my hand. I wish I could, you know, just the feelings of those aesthetics again, you know, it's just something that I really am craving. And I've noticed that I'm not the only one, but um, yeah, I got this article pulled up, uh... Retro Gaming, Why Players Are Returning to the Classics by Jennifer Scott. Uh, this article is on BBC News. It was posted in like June of last year. So I uh, just want to give that person their credit because I didn't come up with this. Um, but it kind of talks about, you know, the rise of retro gaming. And there's different quotes here. You know, I just want to go into, you know, read some excerpts from this. But like, but almost 20 years into the new millennium, Passionate players are still looking back in time to find their fix. Quote, while there's definitely an element of nostalgia, it's important to recognize how well designed many of those classic games are. Quote, said technology journalist and retro game collector KG uh, Orphanidis. I don't know. Um, quote, the developers had so little space to work with. Your average Sega Mega Drive or SNES cartridge had a maximum capacity of just 4 MB megabytes uh, and limited graphics and sound capabilities. That's such a good point. 
you look at like what they had to work with and what they were still able to make they made timeless video games they made timeless works of art because that's at, at the end of the day regardless of what you want to look at or, or say your opinion games are art you have so many awesome things you got visuals you got sounds you got controls and stories and characters you got so much working together to present this one package um so you got four mbs and like the average game now weighs at like 40 gigabytes you know when you get a game nowadays imagine what it's like when you have to digitally preload it or you get it and you put it in and it's like oh well here's this day one update it's a couple gigabytes oh you actually got to install the game and it's like uh you know 57 gigabytes i hope you weren't planning on playing that game right now like remember what it was like when you just bought a game you put the cartridge in hit power boom you're playing there's no there's no nothing now on the flip side of that you get what you pay for <laughs> they don't send updates to those games there was something broke there was something wrong with the game ah, you kind of kind of out of luck um you know it's just funny how there's so many people that are playing a lot of games that came out um so long ago now it can be pretty expensive you know i've noticed that like there's a retro game store here in my town and they're pretty good folk and the stuff there i mean hey they they kind of meet you in the middle so they go and find it they buy it, and then they resell it and they want to make a profit obviously but you know you find yourself going "Ooh, i might as well just go buy something new but um <laughs> Like here, quote, newer consoles in their games are incredibly uh, expensive. I understand that a lot of hard work has gone into the design, etc. But how can anyone justify a 50 to $60 for a game that you might not even enjoy? And we don't have the, the ability to rent stuff as much anymore. Um, this is just almost like a nostalgic episode on video games, if you think about it. Um, because I know that certain places did allow you to rent Game Boy games. Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy Colors, I think Blockbuster did. But remember, you were able to try games out. You were able to rent them. You could rent them and never have to buy them. Maybe it was just like, yo, there are the games that I wanna buy and the games that I'll rent. And then the games that I just don't really care about, I'm not gonna check out. We don't have that ability as much. I mean, if you have been on the uh, Wonder Streams or the Wonder Gaming Twitch channel, there's been a couple games that I've rented from Redbox. You know, it's three bucks for a night, seven seven bucks for like three nights, and you know, I'll just give it a try. That's what I did with Monster Hunter, and that's what I did with Far Cry 5. A lot of these games are huge. You're not gonna, it's almost like strategic that they put like, red. you could go to Redbox today after listening to this episode, or while listening to this episode, and go rent Red Dead Redemption 2 from Redbox. It's two disc, and it's such a huge game that you're only, really just getting a feel for it and seeing if it's something you want to go buy but there's no longer that i can rent something beat it and be done with it and save money but still get the experience no there's no movie galleries there's no blockbusters there's no whatever uh video game and movie rental stores around as much anymore if any uh, yeah, you can do things like Gamefly, which I've tried before over time. But I remember when I had a GameCube That's that summer. It was so crazy. I had this really nice gray first wireless quote-unquote controller for GameCube, which was awesome. You know, this is before uh, wireless everything. Everything was pretty much corded. Um, and then Blockbuster had this deal where I could pretty much just like 
you know, pay a subscription fee, I think. And I could just like run a game, play it, keep it all month if I wanted to, or I could like play it a day tomorrow, bring it back and get another one. You know, and I got to basically go through the whole library of GameCube for really, I don't even remember the amount of games that I actually owned now that I think about it, but it was just so fun to just like try different games and, and really just get a feel for it before you spent 50, 60 bucks on these games that if you don't like it, once it's open, what are you going to do? <laughs> Especially when it's brand new and, or, or you could go to GameStop, but what, like, it's like driving a, a, a car off the lot. The moment you leave, it decreases in value. So you buy you, you hand them 60 bucks over the counter. They hand you a game. You walk out the door, you take off all the wrapping, you open it up, you look at the disc, you go back in, you go, I changed my mind. You're like, hey, sorry, but I'll give you like 30, 35 bucks for it. You're like, what? That's like half the price I just gave you, you know? So it's kind of crazy. But, you know, it's another thing about these like um, retro gaming, the nostalgia of it all to get back onto that is that, you know, people want to show their kids like, this is what I play. This is what I grew up with. And I think it's always a good idea to really, if your kids are into gaming or if your kids are into anything tech wise or whatever you're into is to go back to the roots and show them what you grew up with. And, and, and you need to at least have the ability to, um, accept what it is today in some ways, you know? So like, that's why something like the Game Boy Color interests me because it's something I could buy and then I could give to my kids to go, Hey, this is what I played. You know, and I want you to experience it. And I actually have a theory and plan in my mind <laughs> for how I'm going to raise my kids as far as uh, with technology. I'm going to go through it like, hey, at this age, this is what I had uh, available to me. Hey, you're going to try this. And when they play games, they're not going to get the newest system right off the gate. They're going to have to start at the beginning. And then they're going to have to work their way up because I feel like you truly appreciate those things. Um, you know, these days... There's so many free-to-play games. There was no free-to-play games. You want a free-to-play game back on the Game Boy or on your consoles like the GameCube or the even the PlayStation 1? You would either have to get one of those demo discs from like the magazines like PlayStation Monthly or whatever or Game Inform. You know, these magazines have the demos. Or yeah, you would just have to get demos. Or your, your quote-unquote free-to-play are rented games because you're basically playing a full game price a uh, full game that's at full game price for like, you know, a portion of that. But you didn't just get to play free games and you just didn't get to have uh, games whenever you wanted. You would either have to go when the store was open or whatnot. Nowadays, you can just digitally download them. So you can be in your pajamas and it could be at two o'clock in the morning and you go, hey, I want to get um, I want to get Madden 19. Click. Boom. You got it. Um, it's not like that. Uh, you know, years ago, and um, I think you just need to appreciate the evolution, the growth, and like kind of understand the roots of a lot of things. You don't have to stay there, you don't have to live there, understand that things evolve and things change, but it, you know, you need to know your history, and that's like in a lot of different things in life. You know, like as you raise your family, it's good to know the history of your own, like know your family tree, know your origins of things. You know, it, it always helps to, before you, you know, to know where you came from, to know where you're going or something like that. Right. And um, it's just it's interesting because there's just a lot of art 
and uh, it really shows like what they they used uh, back in the day when they were making these games, um, how revolutionary they were at that time, and how they hold up today. You know, it's one thing for nostalgic reasons, but a lot of these games are fun. A lot of these games are almost better than a majority of the games that we have today. It's just one of those things that you just can't discredit and you need to revisit from time to time. There's a lot of things in video games today that I really don't, uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel myself torn a lot of the time. There's a lot of things that I like, but there's a lot of directions that games have gone that I'm not really cool with. I don't really like microtransactions. I don't like DLC. I, I, I guess maybe that does come from getting a complete package, whether you liked it or not, whether it's <laughs> great or broken. But, you know, there's a lot about gaming now that I feel like it's just because it's so popular and mainstream that, you know, business types just want to make as much money and they don't care about, like, the art they don't care about the the people playing the games and the experience and and so like there's a lot of just shallow products hitting your shelves or hitting your systems because they're not even making to the shelves anymore. Um, but it's just funny, you know. Uh, quote one of the one of the things we do notice is that a lot of home computer games from the 80s were much harder than the games that kids are playing these days. Quote. Um, quote kids on school trips uh, get very upset to discover that they can't even beat level one of donkey kong yo that's kind of like people were talking about a couple no it wasn't a couple years ago like a year or so ago when crash bandicoot was um remastered like people were like oh this is like the dark souls of games and it's so hard like platformers are so difficult because you know they were they were almost like made to be challenging that came from i think the arcade style of playing games where you were trying to beat a high score try to get as far as you can as you progress it got harder and um you know they understood that not everybody's going to be able to just get games whenever like you're going to get as much as you can out of that game. Like I make choices now on buying games based off of how much I'm going to be able to play it. You know, like it, it it's hard for me sometimes to buy a story game and that's strictly story because I know once I beat it, it's really going to be hard for me to like revisit it unless it's like later down the road, you know, like God of War. I had it. I don't have it anymore, but I loved it. It's a awesome game. Maybe even game of the year contender and um but after you're done with it you're done with it we've gotten so used to having like multiplayer games um games that you know unfortunately like there's dlc so you get like these added um stories and quests and missions and all that stuff but you know yeah games back then were harder i i, I didn't have a walkthrough when i played pokemon on game boy color and I didn't know, uh, when I was stuck, I was stuck. Unless I just had a friend or somebody who I was like, hey, you know, how do you beat this boss? How do you get past this part? If you didn't have somebody like that around you, then you were just kind of like having to figure it out. But I think that that works certain gears in your brain where your problem solving skills are really fine tuned at a young age. Uh, you're able to think outside the box. It may not always be something obvious and right there in front of you. It may be something that you have to like play around and experiment with. And you know, I think sort of kids are kind of missing out on that with some games. You know, I, I played something like Minecraft, which is a recent game, where you know some people will look at it and go, "Oh, this game's graphics suck," and "Oh, you know, it's boring." Here's two things. I am not a component of 
graphics make the game. If a game is beautiful, like Red Dead Redemption 2, that's awesome. That's crazy. That's just, you know, admire and respect that. But if a game is really good looking but sucks at gameplay, then, you know, to me, you've lost the whole uh, concept of what a video game is. Just make you a really nice uh, movie or something. Um, you know, when you when I, I played pixelated games, you did 8-bit, 16-bit, you know, hey, they, they didn't hold up because of their graphics. They held up because of their gameplay. Yes, they have some really cool sounds and looks, and they worked uh, with what they had, but graphics aren't what made the game. Look, a, a good game from top to bottom doesn't stop just being a good game. There, and and there's, there's something special about a game or anything just like being timeless. Like, wow, it blew my mind back then, but it's crazy how well it holds up today. And there's no reason why you can't like introduce that to your kids or anybody else. I mean, just it's it's understandable why people are attracted to retro gaming, um, and why I found myself really enjoying playing, uh, you know, Pokemon Leaf Green and and wanting to dive back into that world of like older games because honestly there's not been like this must-have game for me in the modern uh, era right now like I say modern era I mean like as we speak with ps4 and Xbox one and stuff like that I'm I'm really at the end of the day really trying to get to a point where I'm playing PC stuff and until then I'm just like well I'm not gonna force myself to just buy a game to buy a game or you know I, I, I want it to be something I'm looking forward to and it justifies the price tag and and everything and uh, you know there's some games that hey if you gave it to me for free i'd play and i'd, I'd say thank you and, I, and i'll probably enjoy it but i'm not gonna spend 60 bucks on it i've told i think i've talked about it in other episodes where the free-to-play um system of doing things now has really hurt i think uh consumers where now you really have to bring it because if i'm gonna play a free-to-play game and get so many hours of gameplay without dropping a dime yeah, um, you know, you're gonna have to like really impress me or it's just got to be something that I really like and have always, you know, enjoyed so You know, there's just so many ways to tap into that and um, You know, I, I encourage anybody to who's listening to this to like um, maybe go pick up a retro uh, <laughs> Retro quote-unquote retro system like like I'm gonna hopefully do soon. I'm gonna get me a Game Boy Advance or a Game Boy something, you know? Or find a way like there's ROMs and emulators. There's different ways to enjoy these games and, and really, you know, show these to your kids. If you have kids and you're a gamer and you're listening to this, um, find time to not just show them what you're playing today or what they are playing today. Kind of go, hey, you know, did I ever tell you I used to play this game? You know, come check it out. And I know, they'll be like, ugh mom or dad that game's so old and it's like well <laughs> yeah but doesn't mean it's not good and it's just crazy to think how far games have come and it's so crazy to think about where they're gonna go because i really hope that every generation that gets introduced to games um you know i hope that the generation before it has like done everything they could to make it better and, and that's why we'd like to reflect and look back at those earliest memories 
in those earliest times of just pressing A and B and you know catching Pokemon or battling bosses or using cheat codes or all sorts of stuff because it's just back then when you're a kid when you're growing up and seeing all this stuff uh, evolve it's just it blows your mind you're just like wow what a time to be alive these uh, systems are just pumping out some really amazing content and uh, I'm so lucky <laughs> you know so I mean I I recently had had a Super Nintendo classic and it was fun there's there is something about like playing those systems those games using those actual controllers or the looks and feel it really like gives you that 100% nostalgia but you know hey build up a collection like there's a lot of things that are going to be harder to uh, come by as time moves forward and uh, if there is a system from your past that you really hold dear to your heart like for me it's the game boy color and the game boy advance i mean i i did have a lot of good times on my gamecube and my 64 don't get me wrong and um you know some other systems but those were the ones that i re remember truly feeling like wow this is so cool i'm playing in the backyard i'm playing in the car like i'm not hooked up to a tv <laughs> like with a cord in front of me i'm literally holding this game in my hand and i'm playing this game and it's a deep fun immersive experience and so look i really encourage uh any of you who you know do play video games um and even those who don't uh if if you go back and look at some of these older games like i know my mom loves pac-man or miss pac-man stuff like that like you know it can be arcade favorites it can be all the way to the atari days who knows it could be something on playstation 2 or playstation 1 or maybe the first halo or whatever it is like you're gonna start seeing I'm, I'm telling you look at what the market is doing because we have retro gaming stores popping up and retro gaming is becoming a big deal it's kind of like how these game companies probably viewed gamestop oh you're gonna be the middleman that's gonna resell something that i made i'm not seeing that money anymore so we're gonna start making classic systems you know we do have the playstation classic coming up and i didn't even mention that in this episode but that's like playstation's version of um you know the nintendo classics preloaded games classic nostalgic um but you're gonna have a lot of these remakes and remastered games too right spyro just came out uh crash bandicoot uh, the year before you know it's gonna be really interesting so they're gonna try to find a way to add their own twist to it and try to step into that market but there's really nothing like actually playing and feeling the real thing so if you do get the opportunity or you do have one of those you know hey cherish that because that's really cool that's really rare and unique and it's something that you can pass on to your kids and um and show your friends and like that's always fun like i remember uh going over to my friend grants who uh at his grandmother's house they had a uh, nintendo 64 so we played golden eye we played mario kart you know games like that which are just so much fun to play together with uh friends and stuff and there's nothing like that i mean it's one thing to just say hey i, I have golden eye but it's on my computer you're kind of like yeah yeah is it the same though you know could still probably have a good time but you know nothing like the real thing so anyways I think that's going to be about it. I mean, I, I know I started out with Game Boy and I kind of threaded into like retro and nostalgia and stuff like that um, and Pokemon and all that good stuff. But I think they're all threaded 
carefully together and um you know i've just been really thinking about it since i've been playing uh some game boy advance games that i never really got the chance to try out when i was younger because i didn't have no job i didn't have no money back then um but yeah so i'm gonna wrap this episode up and uh, like i mentioned at the beginning of the episode stay tuned for news on wonder streams come hang out as we play like pokemon and uh, i want to play fire emblem and just different games i want to hear what games that you guys liked from all these previous generations, even current, I don't care, just tell me, what, what are your favorite memories and favorite games? Um, what are the games that you remember just getting sucked into and just spending days and hours playing uh, until you beat them and even after you were still playing them? I want to hear that from you guys and um, yeah, come hang out when we're streaming live on Twitch and hopefully you will be a part of those Wonder Stream shows every week and we're going to talk about games too, we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. And you can also find that stuff on YouTube. So, you know, that whole Wonder Streams experience is going to be really um, depending on you, the listener, you, the viewers, um, to really mold it and interact with us. And you can shape the direction those shows go. And uh, I really look forward to it. And I really enjoy talking about stuff like this. Um, there's other people like Studio MacGyver who really do a lot of video game uh, geeky stuff and uh, and I enjoy that and they do it probably better than I do but you know every now and then I like to kind of geek out about stuff like this and, and kind of keep that nice balance because it's something that um, you know I'm passionate about and I uh, hope that you are too so anyways with all that being said let me go ahead and pull out this outro real quick and then we will be out the door uh, but you know thank you for listening to another episode of Wonder Soul uh, this was episode number 45 we're five away from 50 uh, December is going to be awesome, guys. I'm going to go ahead and let you know. I got uh, plans to do some Christmas holiday specials. Um, also, some best of 2018. Um, and whatever else you guys want to hear from me, just let me know. I'm trying to have some more guests and really just get ready for 2019. I, I'm planning to uh, cut off probably before New Year, uh, no, not New Year's, Christmas Eve. And probably I'll just stream throughout the holidays, but I'll probably just be done for the year with the podcast and just kind of take a break, spend some time with friends and family. And I hope that you do the same and just kind of like recharge my battery heading into the new year. So, you know, I'll, I'll speak about that more later. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode, Game Boy. Um, and if you enjoyed it, you know, just subscribe and share wherever you're listening to this. And um, also you can support it um, by connecting with us on social media. Um, all the links are in the description below. And uh, yeah, just want to hear you guys' feedback and connect with me um, about all this uh, nostalgic uh, discussion that we had today. <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, uh, let me go ahead and get you guys out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. But I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I'm just going to say that one more time. And I hope that you guys had a good weekend. You have a good week. I hope you guys tune in on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Time for uh, Wonder Streams. And I hope you guys enjoy that as well. And I hope you guys just have been enjoying all these podcasts. And I can't wait for December. I can't wait for the new year. So till then, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Responsible adults aren't supposed to have fun. Wake up. We can do whatever we want. Drive racing cars to work, play golf in our pajamas, tennis on the bus, or baseball in our mother-in-law's living room. All you need is a Game Boy. It's a personal game-playing system with over 200 puzzle action and sports games to choose from. Hey, fun is your reward for growing up. Start playing. You really gotta get one of these. Game Boy by Nintendo. Have you had your fun today?